Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, Martial Arts Podcast. Hello guys and welcome to another show. Hope you're all well. Um, hope you're enjoying this nice weather we're still having. It's gorgeous, gorgeous weather. Hottest day of the year today apparently. Um, I can certainly uh, agree with that to a certain degree in here. It's, it's, a little, it's a little bit toasty warm. I've actually shut the windows today. I'm being a professional. So you shouldn't hear too much background noise. Although what I will say is if you can hear the occasional banging sound, one of my neighbours having some building work done at the minute. So if you hear any hammering, that's what you can hear in the background. But yeah, another good week. Hope you've, uh, hope you've all been well. Um, we've been managing to get plenty of training, in, even in this hot weather. Best time for training and stretching, I think, is in the hot weather. Um, now, um, before we get started with anything, um, <laughs> straight up with a little disclaimer here. Um, I spent most of the beginning of this week in bed ill with some awful sort of stomach flu virus thing that's going around at the minute. Um, I don't know about other instructors out there, but generally as a rule, I don't get, catch stuff like that. Um, so to be hit with this one, ah, man, absolutely floored me. So the knock-on effect of that was, unfortunately, I wasn't able to uh, get schedules to match up with our guests that we had planned for this week. Totally down to um, totally down to me, my fault. In, well, I say my fault. I, I can't help being ill, but um, unfortunately, yeah, we weren't able to to match up schedules to get things sorted because our, our guest was meant to be Mr. Mike Leader. Um, for those who don't know, Mike is actually based in Hong Kong and, and is a very busy, very, very busy guy. And uh, and obviously, with there being such a large time difference as well, we just weren't able to get things sorted. But we are going to get something arranged. So it's actually um, twenty past three in the afternoon at the minute here UK time um, which is incredibly late for me recording this I've usually got it recorded edited and actually online by now Um, but due to uh, various other issues (laughs) it's just been one of those weeks Uh, everything is a little bit delayed but why I'm actually waiting on is a a callback from somebody um, just to confirm if they're going to be able to do an interview with us on the show Um, I'm not going to say who it is on the off chance that I don't actually manage to secure that person Uh, but I wanted to go ahead and just record the start anyway um, so that we've got at least some things i don't want to have a week of nothing going out at all so um some things to catch up on because last week obviously we had our uh, jackie chan special which um i'm really pleased how well that was received and uh, and all the positive comments and what was so nice was seeing how uh it was um picked up around the world you know it was being shared all over the place and obviously we had quite an international sort of um input from from the people that called in and uh, and thank you to everybody that that persevered and managed to get the uh voicemail system working and there was a few hiccups with people on um, iphones for whatever reason um it's supposed to be fully iphone compatible but apparently it wasn't for some people just for some people though why i don't know but anyway um we seem to get around that in the end which is a good thing um but yes uh you know thanks to everybody that got involved it was i i really enjoyed the process very very different podcast for me um usually it's just a straight record easy edit and upload well i say easy but um if relatively easy uh, podcast speaking and the, last week's was a completely different challenge and uh, one that i actually really enjoyed so uh, thanks again for everybody uh, everybody that sent in, uh, in, in uh, stuff to use. So, this week, um, we're a little bit out of date. We're playing a bit of catch-up. 
um, but I say a few weeks ago, I think it was now, um, we had the launch uh, event for the new Martial Arts UK um, online-based magazine. Um, now, I, I knew that the the magazine was coming about, but I, I really didn't know too much about it. And it wasn't until I was at um, an, an event later on that evening, there was an awards event afterwards as well, and um, I was talking to Mr. Paul Barnett, who was one of the people... Um, behind it and it was just explaining to me a little bit how it works and it actually sounds like a really interesting premise you know and um, they're going to be including videos and and, and all sorts of different content and um, so it's, it's sort of more of an interactive magazine uh, i believe they're looking for a september launch they do have a facebook group um, and i will include it in the show notes so you can go and check that out there um, but yeah, it does. It looks like a quite a quite an interesting idea. So uh, definitely want to take a look at near the time. I'm sure they're going to start promoting it more as the as the weeks uh, draw closer. Um, you'll remember, I'm sure, we had a fantastic interview with Mr. Lee Charles a couple of weeks ago. It was, I actually really really enjoyed that interview. It was a really fun, relaxed uh, interview. A lot of people have commented and. Uh, on the on the fun fun element of it and obviously lee had a lot to share about especially with time training with benny akides which sounded fantastic now in that interview he uh, he mentioned a movie he'd been working on called final score now at the time there wasn't an awful lot he could say about it but since then and now um the trailer has actually been released um so you can get onto onto facebook and youtube and all different places to check that out and um, it's just often from memory, because being the pro that I am, I've forgotten my show notes. Um, it features um, Pierce Brosnan. I know that much uh, for sure. Dave, Dave Basista as well, um, which obviously uh, Lee mentioned in the uh, in the episode. But uh, yeah, go check out the trailer. Lee's actually in the trailer. You get to see him. Um, so yeah, definitely looks like one of those sort of Good Friday night in sort of movies. Um, along the same sort of vein, uh, a friend of mine, um, Mr. Adam Collins, who uh, I had the pleasure of working with, I want to say about, I think it was two years ago on something. Um, I got to take a pretend kick to the face from him and do a little little fall on the ground. Um, but um, he's actually been working on his own production, a movie by the name of Outlawed, which has just been, uh, just been released trailer-wise, that is on Facebook this last week um, and I have to say how super super impressed I am by the the production value the quality uh, of this film um, I, I really I mean I knew that it was I knew that it was aiming high with it but I I didn't didn't I wasn't expecting to see what I saw um, tra- quality wise from this trailer so I really really urge people to go check it out um, and what's so cool about this one is that 100% of the sales are going to be donated to the British Legion and the combat and then some combat stress uh, charities as well so you know real real good cause um, so if you yeah I would highly suggest you go and check it out and then just keep an eye out for for more information we're hoping to have Adam on in the next couple of weeks um, just to tell us a little bit about it um, obviously he is a is a martial artist himself and a, a Royal Marine as well so um, some interesting stuff to, to discuss there for sure um, now another one it's um, another film it's a bit of a film based one this one um, another a, a friend of mine a director by the name of Ross Boyask um, has another film out um, another film by the name of Vengeance um, actually the full title I'm going to double check because I don't know if that's the full title or not yeah I think it is uh, it's Vengeance um, and there's a whole host of people in this this one you've got um, Brian Larkin you've got Gary Daniels lots of other people as well um, and the trailer for that just landed this week as well so um, yeah go check that one out guys this looks like a real good fun and, and nice to see uh, you know Brick Kicker and awesome actor uh, Gary Daniels in there as well so um, yeah, go go have a look for that one, guys. Again, I'm going to link all of this in the show notes, so you can you can go and have a little look. See, 
Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to going to cut there for a quick break. I'm going to go and see if our guests that we've got planned um, can get on with us, um, and then we're going to wrap up after that with a with a few little discussion points, things that have uh, been niggling me and things that people have suggested this last week. Um, so yeah, thanks for thanks for putting up with this slightly rushed episode, and I'll catch up with you in a few minutes. You're listening to Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, so joining us on the line now, we have uh, Nathan Salmon. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Now, first, what I've got to do is just explain to everybody that we are going into this one totally blind. Nathan is very, very kindly agreed to come on at the complete last minute. So last minute. that Are you, are you actually in a hotel at the minute? Is that what you are? Uh, I've te- well, not exactly. Um, it's, a, it's the last day before we start all of our summer camps, or the ah. last week. And, um, luckily, or rather unluckily, um, all of my coaches decided that they were going on holiday uh-huh. the exact same time. So um, <laughs> this is my last free weekend um, that I've got uh, for about three weeks. So my, and when I say free weekend, I mean free week. I'm going to be coaching Monday to pretty much sunday for the next till about the 23rd or 4th of august wow so i decided to go down to paul um and i'm going to go to bournemouth tomorrow and then head back up on saturday and coach again <laughs> wow so we're very very mm-hmm. lucky we're lucky to have you on if he's giving up his, he's giving up his time in his holiday you see that's <laughs> that we appreciate that sort of thing but no thank you sir for coming on um so just uh sort of give a little bit of background information normally i would have done this in the show opening but because i wasn't sure if you we were even going to be able to get this arranged i didn't mention who you are or what we were going to be talking about at all so we'll do that a little bit okay. now um so um nathan has got a background in, in performance martial arts and, and tricking um we've been speaking over the years in fact we spoke in depth for about three hours <laughs> about two weeks ago um some of which would be cool to talk about again now um yeah no worries. um but yeah it, it's um we've got very very similar views and similar ideas some some things a little bit different but that's cool that's what's good about these things for discussion so yeah um, i thought it would be nice if we could sort of talk a little bit about um what you do with your classes um your background in martial arts how you got started out um and then a little bit on sort of like uk tricking and 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 martial arts scene that's cool yeah i'm up for that um i'm definitely up for that Uh, so go right back to the start Uh, how did you start out what was how did you get into um, um, martial arts first yeah and and you can hear my phone buzzing at me um it's one moment i'm just gonna move all this rubbish off my phone (laughs) right so i um i got into martial arts um I'm going to start by saying uh, I've been listening to this podcast for a while now, um, okay. and I think this is awesome. So uh, oh, I think well, what you're doing is, is, you know, it's, I think it's it's a really good concept. Uh, it's it's nice to actually, it's nice when to to hear, um, it's nice to hear your views on stuff because I feel like we do have a lot of the sh- the, a lot of shared views. And um, obviously, one of my favourite podcasts you've done, if not my absolute favorite was with Christavira and cool literally listening to that podcast all the way through i was like me too oh my god yeah and i did that wow that's nuts <laughs> like all the billang.com stuff and yeah. like understanding like you're the like you're only as good as the best guy in your club or your town or and it's funny because i had all of those experiences so yeah. um so how i started in martial arts was um uh my my original influences were um my uncle was has always been into like kung fu movies and I, one of my earliest memories is watching all of the the old um, kind of like Wu Tang movies and sh- 
Charlie oh, wow. movies and um, and all those kind of things. But I'd say by far the the biggest influence on me into really wanting to get into martial arts as a kid um, was Ninja Turtles by <laughs> a mile. Um, yeah. I mean, I've meet people now that I knew when I was in primary school, and every last one of them will always mention how into Ninja Turtles I was. More so than I even remember. Um, but I, uh, my early, again, like, so when I was probably about seven or eight, um, I remember that the thing, so I, I've always done, I started off doing gymnastics, which was actually, um, okay. through, it was actually in a dance club. Um, and I remember leaving that because I was the only boy, which I'm sure most, most people can, mm-hmm. uh, can understand when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're a young lad and you're, uh, you're in a class full of girls with leotards at that, at that age, it's not cool. Um, of course, probably looking, you know, when you get to your teenage years, it's probably not as bad, but there you go. Um, and then I moved from that to doing judo. Okay. Um, and uh, judo wasn't for me because I always wanted to obviously do all the kicks and and the punches. And, you know, I was very interested in the more flamboyant side of martial arts and stuff. Sure, so sure. Um, obviously pre, pre-knowing pre that, you know, pre the, the terminology of tricking or even performance martial arts, it was yeah. when, when I was growing up, it was just known as, like it was just known as like a, a cinematic or it was just known as like fight choreography or yeah. stunts training or um screen i don't even know it was just known as cool martial arts kicks i guess yeah. um and uh i left all that and i remember i remember like my earliest in- kind of thing to go well, i want to really do this properly was going to watch ninja turtles 2 um and seeing um ironically the one of the guys who taught chris devira yes which is um Ernie Reyes, who was in the movie, and I found out later later on that he actually played one of the Ninja Turtles in the original movie. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, going to see seeing that and seeing that guy on screen, um, just made. I remember coming out of the cinema, my mind was just, I've got to like, I, I just every day I wanted to do it, I wanted to do it. Oh, and we unfortunately seem to have lost. Oh, we lost you there. We lost you there for a second, sir. You disappeared. I'm back. You're back now, but you went for about thirty seconds. I, th- I, I got the gist of what you were saying, though. But that's so that's yeah, the important so, things. You liked Ninja Turtles, okay. and it got you into martial Ninja arts. Turtles. <laughs> I got into martial arts, and uh, yeah, and um, I can't, I started doing martial arts properly. Um, I did it on and off from about um, maybe nine ish. <laughs> Uh, and then I, I, I was not really, I wasn't really supposed to be doing it because my dad didn't like me doing it. So I would really, Secret I was rebel. kind of practicing. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird one. Like we used to do like a lot of summer camps or play schemes. And at the play schemes, there was always a, a there was always a group that was doing like martial arts stuff. So yeah. I'd always do that kind of stuff. Um, but what actually got me into doing it properly was um, I actually got mugged at knife point. Oh wow! Um, when I was about, yeah, when I was about fifteen, pretty. Um, uh, it was a pretty uh, at the time it was a very like pivotal point um, because mm. it was a uh, I kind of realised that I, I didn't really know how to defend myself because I hadn't been taught how to do that. Mm. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> when I when I started it up properly, um, and then uh, my first experience of, of seeing forms in real life was going to the semi martial arts show, which is actually where I met Chris. Yeah, that's right. All those years um, ago, back in the team after two days. Yeah. yeah, back in the team after two days, I remember that. Um, and I saw Ashley Beck, and uh, and me being me, I was just I saw it, and I was just yeah, I've got to learn this stuff. Um, and I used to travel from Birmingham to Sheffield literally every weekend, and eventually I got onto the team, and um, I competed for a little bit, but then um, around about the same time I started competing, I was also coaching for my instructor, and I kind of fell in love with coaching. Yeah. 
and it uh, eventually led me on to running my own club and then that evolved into a, into the, the, the tricking school and um, and and uh, tricking and forms and um, free running school now known as UTX Academy um, mm. and that's where we are today. Wow, what a journey! What a journey! So um, yeah, you mentioned there your 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 academy and your classes that you run. Um, so we've got I, what's really cool about what you're saying about. And thank you for the kind words about the podcast at the start. But what is really <laughs> cool is we do have a a large spread a large mix of people that listen and what's really nice is we actually had when we when we ran the interview with chris um chris devira that is not myself um yeah. they, we, <laughs> well, i did actually interview myself one episode which was bizarre but anyway and people like that episode a lot as well but anyway but when i interviewed chris devira one of the things that we had was people messaged me afterwards and said i didn't actually know anything about this martial arts tricking thing um so i went off and had a little look into it and yeah. so we do have a lot of people that are listening to this now that are interested that don't actually fully understand what it is or what what it's about and um, so i thought maybe you know you, if you could maybe give your interpretation of what it is and and obviously what you do with your classes and and what people can okay. kind of expect from coming along to train and and learn from yourself so martial arts tricking or it's now just known as tricking mm-hmm. um as probably just just from the title it's the terminology is heavily rooted in martial arts, and what that originally it was it was just it was it was martial arts demonstration um, that that martial arts tricking actually comes from performance martial arts or martial yeah. arts freestyle katas. Yeah. Um, the it, so the 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 evolution of tricking to where it is today is that there's three elements to tricking. There's kicking, which is the martial arts background, doing kicks from taekwondo, wushu, capoeira, mm-hmm. and then you've got the tumbling element which we've referred to as flips obviously doing your back tucks your aerials and um and all of your tumbling tumbling progressions and then you've got this the, the the twists which is actually um which is actually what really gives tricking its unique um look and feel because um it's uh, it's 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 doing it's doing movements it's doing actually acrobatic movements like the tumbling movements but you're taking off off, off one leg and usually on a on an axis yeah. um which make which means that instead of doing say for anyone that understands or anyone that does tumbling if you think of a round off bat tuck but as you're doing the bat tuck you do a full twist um if you see the olympics where they do the floor routines you'll see that kind of stuff a lot mm. in tricking you'll have the same movement but instead of running into it forwards and then doing the, the round off into the flip you'll do that same move but you'll you'll swing and kick one leg up which will take you on a 90 degree axis and then you'll do a spin, um, which is you, which is known as a corkscrew. But then it's evolved to the point where, you know, the, um, I think it was, was it this year? It was either this year or last year that Michael Guffrey um, was oh, the yeah. first person in the world to land quad corkscrew. It's just nuts. Which is, yeah, which is unheard of. So the, when you look at tricking, it literally is all of the crazy um, kind of, all of the crazy things that you're seeing, the stunt, the, the crazy like, not quite gymnastic movements that you're seeing in the superhero movies and mm-hmm. the uh, and all of the, the the sort of new school action movies, but it's when it really becomes tricking is when you take those kicks, flips, and twists and put them together, yeah. and then you form these these huge comp like these really flamboyant combinations of um, of, of movement, and that's that's what tricking is. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, uh, to, and then to, to answer the next question, um, the way in which we structure our classes. So because of my martial arts background, I try and um, we structure our classes in a similar format. So we have, um, we obviously have, it, it goes up in grade level. Um, 
in a similar format to the way you would do martial arts but okay. tricking can be taught um, as simply as you know you don't have to be able to do a back tuck or or anything crazy to start tricking um, that would that's something that's obviously important once you get to a point but um, a lot of tricking now is it's a lot about the transition movement so coming to our class the first thing that you'll learn is is just is really just learn about how to throw your body around and um, the one thing that I always I've always loved about tricking is that it really is. Um, it really is about your mental. It really is about a mental state of mind. So yeah. a lot of the time when doing the movements, you have to kind of. You can't come in it where you know what you're. You're not going to know how to do a move when a lot of these moves that you're doing, they're just not. You know, especially if you've got an adult, it's physically impossible to spot them. So you've got to learn that it's okay to fall. Mm. Um, and it, you know you. If you, when you watch like all of our elite guys training, or even just the little kids now that are, that are, that are getting to some crazy levels as well, mm. doing moves that weren't even invented when I started, mm. um, you know, the, they the first thing that they learn is you, you just got to you know uh, a famous quote from one of the Batman movies that we use all the time is you know why do we fall um, so we learn not to just constantly get back up and just go for it yeah and um, in doing that and understanding that you know and, and learning how their bodies. You know, what it's like to spin and to flip and, and that kind of stuff. Um, it then it then helps them. It, it kind of gives them. It takes away that mental block of of um, of, of of saying it's just impossible to do yeah. this. So the the kind of structure that we put in place, um, which has come from a lot of like it's changed obviously as it would do over years of training and so on. But we we are able to take kids um, to a fairly high level fairly quickly because of the way we train them yes. um, not necessarily uh, the, the the time or the facility i mean I'm, I'm a very big advocate of you know it's not about you could go to a gymnastic center that's got a million pound worth of equipment but if if you don't know you know and you'll go there and you'll be happily jump onto the phone pit and all that stuff but if you're not if you're not going there with a focus on on how to train and what to train it's 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 all for none so Absolutely. um so yeah that, that's kind of how we do it um, and we're getting great results yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with what you're saying there. I mean, in the old days, in the old days, this is where I do my old man <laughs> bit. It was, I, no, but joking, I mean, even, when, I mean, it's not even that long ago. We're only talking 18 years, which really isn't that yeah. long. If you think about the progression yeah. of, say, martial arts, for example, in and Christ, gymnastics, yeah. Yeah. 18 years is nothing. But when I was yeah. learning this stuff, we, we, basically we threw ourselves until it looked like something that we'd seen somebody else do. And yeah. the only the only way we knew if it was right is if somebody said you've just done it, or yeah. if you were lucky enough to catch yourself in the mirror. Because sort of camcorders yeah. are just becoming sort of like um, yeah. sensibly priced that you could go out and buy yourself yeah. like, a, like a mini DV camera or something and record yourself. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was that was it was very sort of a haphazard, you know, throw yourself. Okay, that looks kind of right. And uh, whereas now there's a lot more. Obviously, as you say, there is. Because we've come up doing that sort of thing, we now go, that's not a good idea. So now, obviously, there's yeah. processes in place, there's steps. We now yeah. know, oh, if we drill this particular drill for long enough, and yeah. then, you know, so the, it, it's, a, it's a fully systemized thing now. It's not, not like it used to be, thank goodness. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, um, one of my students, for anybody that wants to learn this, actually, um, I'll, give a, I'll give a free plug right now. One of my, um, one of my former students... Um, has now set up an online. Who one of my former students who's who was at, who's actually been one of our um, one of our principal coaches who's now who's now a pro tricker has has actually put together an online um, curriculum 
or an online training tool rather. Um, and it's called Kojo's trick lab, which is, he's got like, uh, videos from literally the world's best trickers. Um, because he gets flown around the world to all these gatherings. Um, he's got videos from, like I said before, Michael Guffrey. Um, he's got videos from, uh, from Jacob Pinto, uh, you know all of the all of the big names out there, and they've all got tutorials, and and then you've got interviews with with their with their journeys into tricking, and um, you know, so just to show where it's come from, from the way in which we, you know, from when I started. I mean, when I first started tricking, um, uh, when I first started tricking, people weren't doing TD rays anything. Mm-hmm. It was it was the, the the kind of staple tricking combination that I remember was. B twist five forty hook aerial. That yeah. was if you had that, you were considered pretty high level. Yeah. Um. And now I've got I've got nine year old kids that do cart dub. Um. You know, and and doing like touchdown race cork into into gainer and you know all these other crazy uh, big movements. And you know we're looking at little. I'm looking at little kids that are, that are just you know, ankle biters. And they're, yeah. they're just They're just insane. Um. And again, I do think I. You know, but I definitely feel like one of the strengths that we've that that, that we've gained with our club is. It really is instilling the the um, the mindset for tricking. Mm. I think once we have any, you know, once we get a child and we can kind of break that, because you said this in podcasts, and I, I know you, um, I, do, I, I follow. Obviously, I'm, I'm I'm friends with Chris on on Instagram and yeah. um, and Facebook. So um, Chris does a, does every now and then I'll do a live video, mm. and um, in fact, he, you did a live video. I think it was maybe was it last week when you were talking about the school. And the, and, the, and the kids weren't allowed to play football. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, actually going to bring up some of that in my news piece yeah. after this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of that, because um, I work in school, again, you know, when I, a lot of the time when I listen to Chris, I'm like, yeah, I'll get that. Oh, me too. Is, and I, well, I, I shared experiences. And um, one of the things that, you know, is very, a lot of kids these days, that they're very much, A, it's about I want instant success yeah. like they don't understand it's okay to fall yeah. it's okay to fail and then and learn not to fail um and then they also um because they're just so i guess it goes back to falling because they're just the, the 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 kind of ethos a lot of kids are very you know everything has got to be really safe and really controlled and of course our classes are very safe we have a very very low injury count i mean we don't you know, we're not calling ambulances uh, every you're not, week. You're not, like, you're not a trampoline park. Even not, <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, we, don't, we won't talk about trampoline parks. We'll keep it all, we'll keep it all positive today. But, um, <laughs> for the most part, there are some good trampoline parks, but for the most part, they just, you know, parents, get your kids into, into actually organized sports if you want them to learn flips. Take them to a trampoline park, you're asking for death. I, yeah, but, I'll, I'll, know, I'll say it. They're a pain in the backside, those places. They're a freaking nightmare. They, they might have kids that we've had getting ready for tournaments or something. They've gone to a trampoline party and then, they, oh, yeah, they've broken their ankle. Oh, Jesus. You know, they've been, they've been coming to classes for five years and never once had a sprained ankle and they go to a trampoline park for half an hour and they come out with the foot yeah. at a right angle. It's a night. Those places are a nightmare. But like you say, get, yeah. don't get me on a rant. I'm not naming any yeah. in particular. So if you run a trampoline park, don't send me a <laughs> email. I'm just speaking well, in we generic terms. We, well, we actually run classes at a couple of trampoline parks and we were approached by a couple because of that very issue. Um, I think with the tra- not, not to go off the topic here, but I think the trampoline parks have, um, they've, they've, they've now come under a lot stricter scrutiny because of the fact of so having such high um such high accident rates but getting back to the point mm. um it really like so our, our, one of our biggest things which again really comes back to the martial arts side of it is it is instilling um a mindset with the, with the kids and um mm. and, and with all of our students that 
you know, you're going to come in. You are going to, you are going to, you're not going to land this first time round. But you're on a sprung floor with crash mats and and all the rest of it. You're not going to hurt yourself. It's more important that you go up and go and just go for the first one. And once you've gone for the first one, you'll you'll be you'll you'll happily go for it again and again. And eventually, you'll understand how to how to land it. That's that might sound really crazy, but that mindset and that 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 is actually a really big component. Um, in 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 the success that we've had with the club, um, and I think that's just something that a lot of people um, shy away from, maybe yeah. um, scared of, of scared of doing that. But you know, we're again, you know, my, I'm, I, I don't I don't really worry about that because, like I said, I, I look at what we've produced and and the, the caliber of students that we've got now, and, and you know, like I said, we've got my generation one students. One of them has just become um, a pro athlete for. Um, for for um, adrenaline worldwide, which is which is an online tricking battle, like an, an online tricking, almost like UFC for tricking. Mm. So it's an online subscription that they do they do like monthly battles. Um, and yeah, one of them literally last weekend got signed as a pro. Um, cool. Which is actually that was actually my first UTX student. Um, so shout out to Alex Amadbar for that. But yeah, um, that's that's pretty much it. And that that's uh, that's that's what you can expect when you come to our club. Fantastic. Um, you will not be will not be wrapped in cotton wool. You're you're kind of thrown into the deep end and you know showing how <laughs> so to do to the speak. techniques and yeah, <laughs> do a backflip. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> again, we do. Like I said, I don't want to make it out like we're just throwing kids around. No, it's not, not at all. A lot more to it than that. But you know, I, I do feel like that is a massive component. It's just, just getting this, kids over the concept. Just got this vision now of Nathan with like a cattle prod just zapping children in the calf <laughs> muscles. Jump now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I've, I've seen some of the videos. I've actually seen firsthand some of your students that have come through your school, and these kids are. The one thing that I noticed about them all, they were all confident in their ability to keep themselves safe. You know, they weren't. Yeah. They weren't. They weren't. There was no doubt when they were going into things, which yeah. straight away, you know, again, they're not going to land everything 100 percent of the time, but because there was no doubt yeah. in their head prior to setting up. There was no tension, yeah. and then when they when they didn't land whatever they were doing, there was no injuries because they were relaxed, exactly. and you know, and, exactly. then, and then they were straight back up and go again, and um, yeah, and, and that you know, that's that's a sign of good coaching straight away because um, it, thank you, you. Can, you can see that straight away. Um, now we had a very very long discussion a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, I, I for those that know, I used to be quite heavily involved in the sort of form scene and the competition scene, and I. I, I competed myself and then uh, i had my own students and we took i i just backed straight out of it completely and um, but one of one of the things i wondered and i wanted to put to you that i don't we didn't actually discuss this on the film was right. the tricking scene uh, sort of the tricking and i don't know i don't want to say sort of slash forms we need to differentiate because they are different but yeah. um it's very it's a very different animal to say the american market they seem to have over there they yeah. seem to have really latched onto it and sort of um i don't want to say commercialized it but they've made it sort of it's much more accessible you see it a yes. lot more a lot of the time yeah. over there than you do here and i wondered yeah. it, you know is that something obviously i know that you're going to say you are aware of it absolutely but is it something <laughs> that you're actively involved in maybe trying to um 100%. encourage more or 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 does the industry over here want to keep itself enclosed, quiet, and I, shut down? I, 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 yeah, um, that's a very, very good question, and um, there is no short answer to this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna come at this as, and I, I wanna, 
I, I again, I, I, I try to be respectful um, in everything I do, and, and even if I don't agree with something, I, or, I always even, try. Yeah, I always try to. I always come try. At it in a positive way. I think I think that you are right. Like so, obviously, so everything you just said. My when I got into forms, it was through watching Billang um, originally, mm. and then finding Masslink, which is now known as SportMartialArts.com, mm. and. When I saw that kind of stuff, it was like, wow, you look at these tournaments in America and, you know, these, they've got these grand finals that are always on a big stage with a massive backdrop. And, you know, okay, I will say like, back when I was watching films, a lot of them were done on, on carpets in hotel lobbies yeah. or it looked like that. Or but what I now know is obviously hotel, I guess, like the hotel conference suites. Um, but, you know, the, the forms, there was A, just so many people when you look at these videos, there's just so many people in the forms divisions and, you know, all the, the, obviously the level is just so much higher and it's really, it really is an event. It really is like, you know, you go to the grands. I mean, from way my, the earliest memory I can think of of us open has always been the ESPN televised version of that. Um, and then you come to an event over here and, you know, it's usually in a community sports hall, um, at the back of the room, the speak, you know, and then when you're actually in the event, obviously, well, because obviously that it's not, te- it's not, um, with the exception of a couple of events, you don't really see forms in the UK. You don't really see those forms online the way you see them um, in America. So you don't get to see the performances. But when you're there, it's it's just it's a cry, a far cry from what you from what you've watched. It's like I said, back of the room in the corner. Um, if you're a competitor, you've got you know, a very small space or you've got judges that don't really know what they're looking at or you've got really bad speaker systems. And it was something that I, I didn't really, when I was competing, um, and I have to be honest, as, as a competitor, when I first got into it, it didn't really bother me because I think the scene when, when I was in it, there was, Ashley Beck was, was, was kind of in his last couple of years of competing but I think the scene was quite big. There were a lot of clubs around that were doing it. So the categories always seemed fairly big. There was Brian Beck that was running Judgment Day. So, you know, you'd see, you would, you know, there were, there were competitions that, you know, there were a couple of competitions a year that, that were, that were pretty big and, and were done, that were done fairly well. But for the most part, it was, you know, the same scenario of a small cornered blah, 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 blah. Um, and now I'm, I'm an instructor and I've got students that, are competing some competing on world level and we have been to the u.s and 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 seen u.s open which just blew my mind um now it's really more a question of okay there are issues here and i've been kind of i'll be say it straight ranting about this for years upon years um and it wasn't until um so every time I've spoken about this stuff, I've I've also so to, to kind of to go back a little bit. So I've I've been the the head of forms for um, for actually several different organisations, mm. um, which I'm not going to name. Um, but so by the head of forms, it means in some capacity I have been in charge or a coach or an or the official go-to person for forms at these events or at these at, in these organisations. And that was when it really hit me that there's a massive sorry there's a massive problem in this country because when you talk to the promoters about it, ultimately they just, they pretty much look at it black and white business side. So, mm. okay. Uh, how many people we, we, all we want are people in categories. They're not interested in trying to invest in it. Or, so I would say, you know, I, I, for, so for one of them, we had this big meeting and I said, look, you're trying to get people that don't exist. 
you've got this you've got an organization that's got x amount of schools all doing fighting and i know for a fact that in every one of those schools there's going to be somebody that wants to do forms why not why not like why not invest in it now build up your own squad within you know that are not coming from other clubs and have other preconceptions or other organizations with all their preconceptions you can grow, grow the market you're big enough to do this rather than just trying to look at who can we get to to, to buy a grand ticket to come, to come and compete on a world or european you know world or european event mm. um and they just weren't really interested all they cared about was we just want people to come to the event so mm. okay well it's not going to happen so and, and and for a long time it was people are if i'm going to put categories on and people don't turn up there's no point in doing it great and for a while, I was like, "All right, well, may- maybe that's the case. I-, I can't really, can't, I can't really say anything against it because I'm not running these things." And then along comes Jeff Scott, and he runs an event called Unity Games. If anybody's ever heard of that, mm. um, and again, you know, granted, the year one, um, I would probably say it was year one. Jeff clearly invested a lot of money in bringing Americans over. He he didn't run it in a sports hall. He ran it in. Um, I think it was a, a like it was a, I want to say it was a, it was the, the the rugby or football grounds in Coventry. Um, small, not big, but very prestigious. Yeah. Um, you know, put a lot of money into the into the production value of it. Looks like a proper American competition. Very, very, very well done. Um, very well put. Very well. Very well laid out. Very well organised. And then year on year, I've watched this event grow to be what is, without a doubt the biggest best forms competition in Europe yeah. um, or to the Europe with, and, I, and I can hand on heart say that purely because I talk to all the promoters and people that go to these events. I've been to Irish open. I've been to, you know, some of the other European events, nothing touches your unity game. So Jeff has proven that theory wrong because Jeff invested first time round, And now uh, to give you a scale of it, most competitions, as you all know, one that, Forms runs from nine till five o'clock. Jeff at the last competition, I think, had the stage one, two, three, four, five, six. Had at least, I'd say, at least six or seven areas at the last event, and we still, fair enough, he runs runoffs and then runs grands. But that event literally went from nine in the morning, and I didn't leave there till close to twelve at night. Wow. That that's the amount. That was the amount of competitors he had coming to this thing. So it then made me think. Well, all of everything that, that all these promoters are saying is just bull because. They're looking at it, and and the the way they're coming at it is saying, well, people um, aren't turning up to it. And uh, you know, prior to getting to running my own club, I come from sales, and one of the first things that you learn in business is if if people aren't buying your product, there's a problem with the product or the service. Plain and simple, if the the market doesn't want, there's something wrong with what it is you're offering, and I just don't get why people. Why, why the promoters just can't get that. So, you know, and it'll be stupid things. It'll be things like they'll have, you know, I, I, and I explain to all these promoters when they ask me my opinion, a forms competitor just wants to go to a competition and be treated the same as the fighters. Mm, so yeah. they'll have a grand, if they do have a grand or whatever, and nine times out of ten, they'll have X amount of trophies for the grands, but they'll have one trophy for forms. Mm. Or they'll have, I've been to events where they literally have one set of trophies for forms and one set of trophies for fighting. I've been, you know, I've seen, I've literally seen it all. I've seen, I've been to events where the rules say one thing and the, because the people that they get on the mat judging have no idea what they're doing and have not, <laughs> you know, have yep. not, have not got, they do have no clue what they're looking at. 
Like, it's one thing to go to an event that's that that for what, that has all those other issues, but to then go and you have a, have an event and nobody knows what's going on. There's no organisation to it. It's just it's just kind of a free for all. It's just a nightmare. So I kind of got to a point um, which is quite funny because um, I, I can't remember how this all happened, but so there was something going on on Facebook where somebody must have somebody. I, I'm not going to name names because I can't remember this, but somebody was there. There was a load of comments going on about the UK form scene. I remember it was somebody influential, but I'm not going to name names again because I, I can't probably not probably not good idea. Ever. <laughs> nah, um, again, uh, but, 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 but they, what they were saying was 100% correct. Um, and this was the first time that I've ever that I ever spoke out publicly and said, right, this is my take on the subject. Mm. And um, it was weird because uh, again, it was really more of a. I'm just going to say how I feel about it. I didn't expect to get such a response from. So I kind of almost went from. I guess what I was saying must have must have resonated with a lot of people because everybody was like, you know, I was getting private messages. Man, everything you just said is exactly on point. I don't know why I've never, why nobody else has ever said this. Everything you're saying is right. And then it was almost like over. Then kind of overnight, I got I I was I took over the. Um, we have a you there's a there's a forms um group on facebook and i took that over and um i almost became like this unofficial voice of uk forms which is which i still find quite quite amusing <laughs> but um but no like so I'm, I'm very active in trying to grow the scene and obviously i i support all of the events and i've tried to write reviews and, and um and and i've tried to like help grow the scene and um i have i've 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 kind of gotten to point now um where i've decided that i am now going to start really putting money into this thing and i'm gonna invest in running my own events um okay so i've got my first forms event in november um and then i've just um we've just we've just um finalized the deal to run um a, a, an international event at the um at the martial arts show next may wow okay um which is, which is going to be nuts and then um i'm already i'm also working on another project with um with another school in running a joint event with them. So the goal next year is to have a series of forms only events that are going to not, that are, that are really aimed at the, uh, not just the new, the, the, um, the existing for, um, form students, but it's focused on getting those kids in the grassroots yeah. um, and really promoting the, 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 the more, the less experienced or less advanced students. Um, and then we've got, I've got other, other things planned. So I've actually, um, I, I was going to, I'll give you an exclusive, um, so the UK, so we've actually we're actually um, waiting for uh, confirmation from um, from the charity organisation, but we've just registered UK Forms as a charity, okay. um, and uh, so we've registered as a fully operational charity, um, which is going to. Um, I don't want to say too much here, but I'll, no, I'll say what that. I can. I don't want to say too much, but I'll say what I. I'll, say what the plans are for it so the ultimate plan with the uk forms um organization is that it's not going to operate um within any other organization it's not it's going to operate alongside all the organizations and um we want to be able to, to at least support one student every or one athlete every year and fund them to go wherever to any international competition they want to go to um pay for their flights their accommodation everything Wow. Um, and obviously, as it grows, or more and more students, I just want to put on, um, bring bring over 
some of the international um, athletes, not just for the freestyle and extreme, but you know, look at we want to look at all aspects of forms because now I've gotten into it and I'm talking to all these organisations. Um, I'm actually realising that it goes across the border. For some reason, kata, even in karate, is still seen as a, as a secondary sport, mm. and you know, a lot of organisations don't really support their athletes. So, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them don't. So, UK forms is designed for any forms athletes that want to. You know that that that, that want to compete internationally and want to want to compete at, at, at that level. Um, you know we want to be able to, to to give something back to the athletes, and that's that's the focus of it. So I'm waiting for confirmation on that. Um, from what I understand, it, it takes. Uh, I should get confirmation in the next couple of weeks um, from the from the charity commission. Wow. But that's that's kind of the long term goal. So yeah, um, and that's kind of my take on forms in America. To add to that question again, I've kind of gone on a bit of a rant here. No, no, um, just go for it. It's add, good. Um, the American competitions, I think the biggest difference between those competitions and the ones in the UK is that um, I feel like the I, I feel like there is a history there, um, and I think that a lot of the promoters have embraced it because um, the Americans, a lot of their Generation One forms guys have now, like John Valera, is now a stunt was, was a was a stunt guy and now a stunt coordinator. Same goes for Kim Doe. He's also a stunt guy. Um, and obviously moving, you know, flash forward X amount of years, all of the Marvel movies that, and DC movies that you're watching, all of the stunt doubles are all NASCAR um, competitors. Mm. Ken Dishel, stunt double, um, Wonder Woman. Um, I know that um, well, Daniel Daniel Graham, stunt double, Black Panther, as well as Guy Silver. A lot of the guys from AKA. I think one of the original guys, uh, Chris Brewster, stunt doubled Iron Man in one of the movies. Um, I know Jackson Spidell was in the last Civil War. I, 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 I am literally. I, I, so for anyone, for me to reveal these names off. When you see people that love football and know statistics in football, <laughs> I've literally know stupid statistics because I've watched every single NASCAR form dating back to like 2003. So I, I could probably name uh-huh. who won something stupid in 2000. <laughs> yeah, when I went to America and and I met like some of the promoters. I remember talking for hours, and like, how, like one of them was like, "I don't understand how you know all this stuff." I was like, "Well, I, I literally just have studied forms for years upon years because it was something I, I was just, I was fascinated with forms, probably over tricking because that was what got me into tricking. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, but I think in America, I think they've really embraced that. And now, when you go to the NASCAR competitions, forms is the draw for it. Yeah. You, so when even when you, when I think of something like John Paul Mitchell, all, all I'm thinking of. I don't. I, I generally don't know any of the fighters. The only person I knew that was on John Paul Mitchell was was da- Raymond Daniels, and I don't think he's on that anymore. Um, um, but in the UK, I think a lot of the promoters are fighters, and all, and they know fighting and understand that. And I, I think for a long time that, uh, I, if I'm being really honest, I do feel like uh, for a long time a lot of the promoters really didn't um, didn't care for forms, mm. and you can tell that you can tell. Is, even even when it's not even with all the issues that I've spoken about, you know, I think now um, most a lot of the promoters do want to genuinely want to see forms bigger and want to promote it, but I still feel like they're coming with old school thinking, yeah. and that's why 
the scene is still where it is. Oh, um, oh just and, bad yeah, advice. And I, just bad advice as well. I think they. I think they like say. I think a lot of them do want to do well with it, but because they don't understand it, they put their trust in other people advising them on what to do. And I think sometimes, as you say, that advice is. You know what? That's a very years, good point. And twenty I expect- years out of date. <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. Uh, sometimes, um, a, sometimes yeah, there, a there's a lot. I mean, there's they're, they're promised. Oh yeah, we're going to have this sorted for you, and they go, okay, great, thank you, and then they announce they're going to do it, and then you know the 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 person that's done it maybe hasn't done it quite how people are expecting, and and then yeah. the, the organizer gets it in the neck. I think there's I think that happens quite a lot, um, and it comes back to like what you is, say before about you know you turn up, it's a, it, it's potluck, it's, it feels like a lottery sometimes. Who are you going to get judging you today? You know, um, yeah. which is one of the reasons why I backed out of the scene because I you know it's nothing more frustrating as a coach when you put all your time and additional time into your into your students and they give up their free time to do extra training you take them to compete and then you look at the lineup of judges yeah. and you're thinking who are these yeah. who are these people I I, I I i we do this every week yeah. and i've never seen them once how are, you know do they know what they're looking at oh yeah yeah they know what they're doing they don't they're just making stuff up and uh and, it, and yeah. it's it's frustrating um, but you're going to fix 100%. all that. You're going to fix that, aren't you? I'm going to try. Uh, but <laughs> see, that's the thing, though. Like when uh, I mean, again, I've been really. I think this year, I've been so fortunate that um, I've met so many clubs up and down the UK that are that that want to get involved in the form scene. And a lot of the time, there's a barrier to it because what are the one or two things they don't know? You know, they've gone to a competition, and you know, their kids probably haven't been given a fair shout because of the judging. Or they don't feel like they can compete because yeah. you know you've you've got and and I again I, you know there's literally um, maybe three or four schools in the country that I would say compete at, at, at international level mm-hmm. um, and then everybody else is really more um, really more of a, of a national stand um, like a national level or even regional um, even regional I mean or even regional yeah, or that, even regional for those that maybe don't follow the, the sort of the form scene quite so, so much the the division it between I, I don't know if abilities are too much of a harsher word but i suppose it's an honest way of describing it but the, no, ability, the division the is it's yeah. massive it's not like massive. not like with, with yeah. not like with the with the points or uh, like continuous yeah. sparring it's not like yeah. that at all it's huge sometimes you can go to tournaments and you know you can go along and you can sit and watch a division just pick any and then you can see one person get up and do something and then in the same division somebody gets up and you look at them and they're like they are just it's just like a hundred and ten percent better than the person that got up before and not the person sits down and is sometimes they're sort of like totally demoralized sort of like deflated and it that that's that's a real hard thing for to, to overcome but i suppose as you were saying you know that if there's more out there to do, if there's more availability, there's. It's not yeah. that these clubs can go and pick the easier competitions to win. That's not the way I'm trying I to don't say. Think that's the case. It's more yeah. that they can get the experience against other people at the same level. What, in and order, the, to, and, and you know the funny. Yeah, sorry, keep going. I, <laughs> no, 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 it's cool. I, it's it, it's and it, and it gives them the opportunity to settle in and to get their confidence, which in turn gives them the opportunity to then better themselves to get better rather than because i mean some people don't get me wrong you'll you know go to some tournaments you see somebody and they'll be like bang 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 bang, bang and the kids will be like i want to be that good and then they'll work hard to yeah. get that good but then but the problem is 
the way that and this is something I'm going to touch on later a little bit. The way that the kids yes. are being taught now, they're not. That's not. Yes. It's not in them. That you know, everyone's the, a winner. Doesn't matter if you come last. Yeah. And so they're yeah. not having that. They're not having that drive and that passion to want to succeed. They're given an easy way out. Yeah. They're given an easy. Yeah. Uh, the um, amount of times I have kids stand up in front of me in my classes and refuse to move out of fear. And if I don't move, yeah. if I don't move, I won't get it wrong. So I won't move. Mm. And it's like, what? Well, we're not teaching them any differently. I certainly don't think we yeah. are. It just seems to be more, more of a sort of a widespread issue. And I, and I would imagine that's translating into um, teachers and instructors having a hard time picking a forms team because yeah. the, you know, the kids yeah. are just going, if I don't go wrong, if I don't do it, I won't go wrong. And then if I don't go wrong, nothing bad happens. What, yeah. What, what, um, what about what happens to trying to win? Is, everything, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a weird one. I mean, like I said, it's, it, you know, there. I think, um, all right, like when, when I came up was, you know, I, I, again, like you, we come from an era of you go, if you, you go and if somebody, if you, if you're bottom last, that what should happen is you should be like, right, I need to get to that level mm-hmm. and I've got to do everything, any and everything I can do to get to that point. Not, it's completely demoralizing but on the other side of the coin i i do completely understand when you've got like you just said you there is a massive division with forms yeah and um you know you are right it's if you get a little, little kid coming up i'm going to use terminology now and i hope it, so okay so if you get somebody coming up that can do um this doing a round off batter and doing all these crazy tricks that i spoke about earlier and then you get a little kid that comes up that's you know, because there's not many clubs um, or places in the country that can actually teach these kind of the you know the tricking stuff. Mm. So, um, so because of that, uh, you know, that you are looking at a very small number of schools or individuals that get to a what's considered now as being even a intermediate level in tricking. Um, so, if you get a school like mine that, that's obviously focused on tricking and has you know, and and a, and a fortune to to have like tricking athletes all day every day that are throwing doubles and triples. A little kid, you know, learning in that environment is going to be easier than going to a school where the instructor themselves doesn't understand how to teach that. Mm. So I get it, um, and I think you are right. There is a massive division in forms, and it's demoralising to go to an event where you've got somebody doing a cartwheel. And then you're doing this, and it's not like, well, I've got to do everything I can to get better. It's you just look at it and go, I've, there's, I'm not going to learn that because little kids are not. If the little kids know that there's that they're not in an environment that can teach that or can't, or they they don't have the tools to to get, or they don't feel like they've got the tools to get to that level, then obviously it's difficult pill to take. But touching on that point, I actually had a discussion with another school. Um, I think it was the same week that we spoke. Mm. Well, I've had this discussion with them many a times, and the ironic part about it is that happens. That, that problem happens on the opposite side of the corner as well, where you get schools that are actually that good um, that they go to competitions, and you know it's kind of like, well, the, we know all of our kids are going to place. It's almost like they're just going to get a free trophy. The, you know, the only way that they're not going to place is if they, for whatever reason, drop their weapon. They're not. They're definitely going to win in open hand because you know they don't really need to do their best stuff to to to, to win. Uh, to, to, to kind of win that division yeah. so it's if they do or don't drop the weapon on the day that's it um and even and then you get those schools that are now having to look at well we're only going to go to international competitions um to try and get competition so i see that but um again you know it's difficult because like i said i think the, the promoters the way that they look at it is just really black and white we put on the, their mindset is we put on the event 
We put on the categories. No one turned up. So what's the point? Instead of looking at, well, why has no one turned up to the event? Yeah. You know, looking at it and go, it's hard to say that now because again, you've got the, you've got Unity games. If people didn't want to do forms, that event would not be where it no, is today. It you have people in this country that you you have an event that is that that has hundreds, easily hundreds of forms kids from traditional to extreme competing in this thing. And if there wasn't an, a want or need for forms, Jeff. Did, uh, so to, to kind of give you an example of how of, of how serious it is, Jeff Scott. Um, is 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 he, he? I don't know what his what his background is, but I'm sure it was. It must have been digital marketing or something. So I've never seen somebody go so hard with their with their marketing for an event, uh, especially martial arts. I mean, he'll put out posters on a weekly basis, mm. uh, or flyers, and it'll be different every single week. It's almost to the point where it feels like spam. <laughs> and usually he'll 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 be promoting his event. I'd say at least six to nine months prior to it, and. He. This was the first year that he. He. He's. I think the event is now going to be two days. So for a, for a very long time, there came a point where where I even started saying to people, I don't think he's going to run this event. Then literally, the, he messaged me the day before he was going to. He was going to put the event on to to double check we were okay with the dates. Put it on, and the the the, the response that he got from one from just posting the one thing, he said to me, I have people from Italy, from France all over the UK that were like, we're going, we're going, we're going. Everyone's it. Like, people are already asking when the registration's opening. That's, that shows you that there's a massive need and want for this. But I feel like the promoters, they just don't, you know, again, they're fighters. And I understand it. I'm not going to put on, I'm not going to go out and put on a, a fighting event because I generally have no real interest in it. As I, and I, I respect fighters and obviously, you know, 100% looking at, you know, looking at the, the top point fighters and, you know, and obviously I'm an, MMA, I'm an MMA fan. So, you know, watching Michael Page that I've used to mm. see at point fight competitions, it blows my mind, the stuff that he does on stage. But, you know, I, I, what, I, what I'm involved in and what I love is forms. So anytime, like that to me was like it, like it was Christmas when, he, when I heard that announcement. Mm. Like that's one event. I'm thinking... There's, you could easily have three or four events like that every yeah. year yep. and all the form stars would go to it yep. so like I said I got to a point with it kind of like my company where you know what if you want a job doing right just do it yourself so yep. uh, that was when we decided that was when I decided I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to treat this like a new company and just and just get the investment myself and, and work with the right people and, and set it up properly and do it that way and, and make the change happen um, and that, that's where we're out of it so it's a difficult one I do feel like though the great thing is that there is actually a massive resurgence in forms. Like there are more schools competing in forms now. Um, there are more schools getting into forms as well now than there was, I would say when I just around about the start time that I stopped competing. Um, I just feel like there's, you know, that they're, they're so divided. The forms world, unfortunately for everybody listening is it's not, it's not the the happy. I made it out like it's a massive community and everyone's out <laughs> for each other and we're all singing "Kumbaya." And unfortunately, <laughs> that really isn't the case. So not really. You know, there is a lot, not at all. So unfortunately, it is. It's not the happy, the happy, um, you know, um, one nation that I that, that I've made <laughs> maybe, maybe made it out to be. Um, there is, you know, there are there are a lot of cases of if this person's competing, 
or if this school's there, or if that judge is going, or if it's under this organisation or whatever, you do get that. Um, and but again, like I said, and I, you know, I always, I, I feel like I'm an. I, I, I'm, for anyone that's listening to this, I, Jeff isn't paying me to say this stuff, but honestly, it should be. It's the only competition. I, well, if you're listening, Jeff, Jeff send him some money. If you're listening, Jeff, I'm, I'm, you know, we can um, via me, I'm, then I'll forward it to him. Minus a small <laughs> deduction. Minus, minus the finest fee. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that that event, honestly, I, I, it's, I, it really does. You, I think it's a perfect work because it really does unite the, the the scene. Like there's there's people and schools that are, that are at that event together that you do not see at any other event. I, literally, that's the level that he's gone to with this thing. Um, and even by their own admission, even so, you know, even with my own event, I've made a point of. Of talking to everybody that I want to get involved in and making sure the schools understand what we're doing and trying to get them involved and stuff. And obviously, I've asked the questions like I ask you, you know, is there anyone that you do or don't want to work with? If there's any reason, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, yeah, a lot of schools were like, we don't want to work with this person. If this person's there, I really would rather than not judge my kids. Um, uh, I just want to make sure this isn't there because this happened. <laughs> and it's, 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 you know, but they've all said to me afterwards, it doesn't matter if they are, I'm still going to come. Yeah. Um, but, like I said, it's a difficult. It is. There's a lot of politics and a lot of things. If you're not in the scene and you don't understand the scene, it's hard. For, if you're not immersed in the culture, if not immersed in the culture, sorry, um, you can't begin to understand it. And I feel like that's where a lot of these promoters are going wrong. Like yeah. they understand and and they are immersed in the fighting culture. Point fighting is what they've grown up doing and understand it and know it. And they, you know, they know what the schools want. They understand that side of it. But like you said, the forms is something that they understand. You know, that they all they understand it as is from for most people is that it's something that's always been there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's another. For to be really blunt about it, it it's another income yeah. to bring in up the day. Um, that that's pretty much as far as it goes and they're not really because they don't get all of these little problems and understand like that type of stuff and coming it from that angle that's i think where they fall apart um but yeah like i said not all tournaments are bad some some are worse than others like there's some that i flat out refuse to go to now but um like i said like for, for our club anyway um for 20 for 2019 i feel like we're you know, with all the events that I'm putting on, with the exception of Unity Games and some of the some of the international ones, um, and maybe one, there'll be a couple of events in the UK. But all of these open tournaments, we're done with them. Like we're not. There's no point in. I, I'd rather build um, an open form circuit myself through through this through this new charity that we set up, um, than than continue to support what isn't something that isn't going to change. Um, mm. And I don't really feel like it's actually their place to change it. I think that's another thing. Um, I feel like it's. Our, I feel like it's. You know, it's it's our place. If if the scene's bigger and there's more form schools going, then geographically, if there's a if there's a tournament, you know, that's 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 close to you that does forms, you're going to go to it. So everybody's going to going to benefit from me doing this. If there's more people competing at the end of 2019 than there is now, um, then they're going to want to go and get get competition time wherever they can get it yeah. and then put that and then obviously focus on the big events so well, you know that's how i look at it. it it's not about me saying forget don't ever go to these events or don't do this <laughs> one it really is just about i feel like you know we need to create something that's for us yeah. and um it needs to be created by somebody that is really passionate and understands the yeah. scene enough to do it uh, i think jeff is jeff has done an incredible job and to be quite honest with you he's 
you know, uh, he's one of, he's, he's somebody that, that from watching what he's done with that event, it's inspired me to, to kind of do this. Um, and, um, and yeah, and, and that's pretty much where it is really. So, yeah. On that fantastically positive note, we're going to bring things to a close, sir, because we've been talking for nearly an hour. It's gone so I fast. That doesn't sound like us. It doesn't, does it? I think well, we were on the phone <laughs> for about three hours last time. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But no, it's great. It, it, all very positive sounding. Uh, what I will do is I will link a lot of this stuff that we've talked about in the show notes so people can go and have a click around and find it for themselves. But in the meantime, um, where's the best place for people to find out more about you, about your club, about the things that you've been talking about? Where can they go to find uh, out more? Uh, best place to look for us, look. Team UTX, Facebook, UT, uh, Urban Tricks Academy, yep. which is our original name. Um, we have, we're, we're constantly changing. I need to actually launch this website. I've gone through about five versions of it. Um, for some reason, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I've taught our kids not to do, and I keep going back to the drawing board. But I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have that URL up. Um, I've, pro- I've, made, I've made a commitment that it has to be up by the end of summer, and that'll be up. Um, that's going to be utxacademy.com. Um, definitely search for. I'm gonna. I'll send you all these links anyway. But search for Kojo's Trick Lab. Yep. Um, which um, I will give you all a discount if you. I'll give you all a discount code if anyone wants to go in and sign up to that. There you go. Um, special offer. There you go. Special offer. I'll give that out as well. Um, and uh, and then uh, yeah, YouTube. If you type in Team UTX, you'll see you'll see some of our guys come up. Um, JJ Patel is one of our one of our top forms competitors and um and um and bethany marsh and i could go on forever with all these names but yeah just uh instagram <laughs> facebook youtube there you go fantastic well thank again thank you for giving me an hour of your what sounds like very precious time and a bit of time off <laughs> i really really appreciate you helping me out on this one last minute and um it's, all good. it's been cool to catch up again and um i look forward to working with you in the near future to help carry on promoting things i've just had some more ideas while you've been talking as well oh and another thing whilst you whilst i've been talking if you get a, if you've got a couple of minutes at any point and you've got the internet where you are if you use the way back when machine on on the internet i don't know if you've ever used it before but i just went on no. way back when now it's this website where you can go into it and type in any website url and over what? it captures images from the website over the years and they've actually is this got your, your, your video or picture on bilang.com i've got i've just found a photograph of myself doing an albertito in 2001 on um, oh, wow. on on bilang.com on page on three bilang.com. i was on i was on page yeah. three with ashley beck and and jo wow. um there's us it's yeah, that, i remember jo yeah jay it's that long ago jo's got hair um, <laughs> he's doing, we're all doing. We're all doing the same kick. We're all doing the Albertino. That's that's all anybody did. That and a jump front kick. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's for anybody that doesn't know. I actually remember I met Chris, and this is I'm not. This has got to be like maybe 2001. Yeah, I met Chris at Senai at Senai, but I think I spoke to you online prior to that. Probably, because, and I think I met you or even heard of you through Bilang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing Chris online uh, at the Senai. And he had was team that was your team, wasn't it? Team Altitude. No, 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 that, that was, was no, no, that wasn't that. No, I, well, I was. It, it's that long ago. I if, if it's the team, I think it is because it's a long time ago. You were wearing you were wearing white gi trousers and a white and white t shirt with like you, the, I remember you were filming them with like and blue. I asked you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. And you they, had Chris Jones on your t shirt. That's right. I had that because I didn't know who I was. I was that confused. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, it was um, the school that I was teaching. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been uh, Danny yeah. Ball. Danny Ball. Um, yeah, Andy, yeah. Andy Taylor. Ian Barnes. Yeah. 
Um, Stuart, was it Alan, Stuart Alan Wade? Alistair? Was he in that one as well? No, he wasn't. No, Stuart Wade. Um, Stuart I Wade. don't know if Jamie Folding was on it as well, but he's doing really well now. Um, he's, he, I think he just won a uh, a title in, uh, in fighting just recently. His video was going around Facebook doing the slide sidekick, bouncing the guy's head off the cage. That went round the world. Um, oh, the MMA guy! I yeah. know you're talking about. Yeah, do you remember yeah. the slide sidekick where he does the, yeah, the chain, yeah, yeah. chain kick? Da, 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 bang! Yeah, that's Jamie. He was in that team. He'll have been there competing. He'll have been about three foot tall. <laughs> yeah. So that's oh, how long ago that I was. I remember watching you guys doing all the tricks on stage, and I. But the, another look. Uh, this is this is how the internet worked. I remember seeing the the sign on his back. I remember it saying Chris Jones, and I remember turning to one of my friends that. At the t- again, I was the only guy that was fascinated with tricking or forms. So all they cared about was like, like really old school MMA um, cage fighting. I remember seeing the name Chris Jones. I remember turning to him, like, "Oh shit, that's Chris Jones!" <laughs> ah. Oh god, <laughs> cringe. <laughs> and come all these years later, I'm now sat in an office talking to you on the internet. Look how far I've come. Absolutely. But no, it's been a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much for your time. And awesome. um, I will uh, catch up with you soon. I've no doubt plenty of no stuff to catch up on. Um, and, you, uh, I, um, I won't give you a call next week because I'm sure you've got... I'm sure you don't need to hear half, <laughs> half of that talking about everything. But I'll, uh, I will be dropping you some emails and stuff in regards to that event and whatnot. Um, Brilliant. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Thank you, sir. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe. Rate and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. So a big thanks to Nathan for his time today. Um, as I said at the start of that, it, it wasn't organised. Well, it was organised in the sense of let me know when you get there, mate, and we'll see if you can work something out. Um, uh, completely my fault. you know. As I said at the start, I was ill uh, at the beginning of the week, and it just meant schedules clashed. But I did not want to not have a show for today. Um, no excuses. So um, Nathan's really helped me out there with that one. Um, he was actually scheduled to be on the show later on in the year. Um, whether he knows that or not, I don't know. But I had him on my list of people to contact. So um, big thanks to him for, for giving us some time today on his holiday um, to give us quite... Well, it was, it was, it's, it's always... Whether you are into the the topic or not, it's always good to hear somebody who is passionate about the subject they're talking about. And I think it's fair to say that uh, Nathan very much is passionate about forms and tricking in general. Um, so thank you for that. Um, I would urge anybody out there that's listened to that that maybe doesn't have so much of an understanding or maybe isn't overly keen on it to so just have give it some time, give it a look into because these kids that he was talking about and I we used to have a um, a competitive side to my school in forms and, and tricking as well. And um, these kids and these adults, these guys work so, so hard at this. It's not like they just rock up on one day and know how to do all this stuff. They have to drill it, drill it, drill it and work it like crazy to get good. The discipline and the focus and determination that they have to put in to get to the level that they do. It is it's the core elements of martial arts are in there. Um, not necessarily the physical attributes, the, the, the martial technique, but the, the ethos, the thinking, the, the, the mental the attitude towards martial arts is very much instilled within uh, in the forms and tricking. So, yeah, give it a try. Give it some thought. And maybe next time you come across a video on the internet and you want to go laying into it because it's not real martial arts, maybe you just hold off, give it some thought before you go steamrolling straight into it with any negativity. So, earlier on, I actually... We touched on this briefly in in the interview with Nathan. Um, he actually brought up 
um, a post video that I did not long ago. And I did actually, some of you may have seen the live video, but I did want to discuss it on a podcast at some point about the way, I don't know if you're an instructor out there and you're listening, if you've noticed a quite a sizable shift in the way that kids are learning within the schools in your school whether it's um, forms or kata or uh, syllabus regardless of your system how I I personally have found over the years and I mean I've been teaching in my own school since the early about 2003 um, and prior to that the late 90s I was teaching for someone else's full-time school so it's all I've really known in my adult life is teaching full-time and it's not that I'm now teaching differently. Obviously, you're always constantly honing and, and changing things to, to, to try and provide a better service and try and, uh, and give your students a better experience. But I've noticed now that the kids just, the, the, the way that they're being um, taught, I say taught as a generic term, uh, sort of handled in school, so to speak, it's meant now that, that it's becoming, I found personally, more and more difficult um, to, to get kids to take the syllabus in um and 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 to or and the the or the other side of it let's say we're in a grading scenario or you know pre-testing i'm finding you know you're getting line you're getting kids lining up and rather than run the risk of going wrong they just pretend they don't know how to do it a lot you know almost as if to say well if i don't have a go i can't get it wrong and if i don't get it wrong then that's not bad and it's, it, it's almost like they they are having systematically having that competitive element stripped from them um, to what end I don't really know whether that's the aim I don't know I'm not going to get into some crazy conspiracy theorist but um, it's it's very strange like, as an example that I gave what actually sparked the live video at the time was that um, you know the, I won't I won't say which school um, but a, lo- a school local to us um, they um, there was a group of kids playing football before school and long story short um, one of the senior staff members from the school came out and told them off for, for playing uh, an organised safe they weren't hoofing the ball around like loonies an organised safe game of football and it wasn't even in an open area it was actually in, if you've ever seen these sort of new enclosures the schools are starting to have, they almost have like a metal frame around to keep the ball enclosed so the kids are in and they can't they were actually inside that and they got told off for playing football before school. Now from the school side, do I get it? Yeah, because parents nowadays are so quick to jump on schools for you know the slightest bump or scrape that kids get you know it's this sort of jeremy kyle um generation you know where everyone's gonna put in a claim so i get that the schools are, start, are, are being touchy about it but surely is there not a point where we reach a a, a stand a standing point and go no further than this because this is just ridiculous and i think i think telling kids off for playing football at primary school level is giving a very 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 bad image or idea in their head of of sports and of physical activity it's bad you don't do it this same school uh banned a four-year-old from doing cartwheels on the field because there wasn't uh, a qualified uh, member of staff to supervise them to do a cartwheel a four-year-old doing a cartwheel well they might kick somebody well yes they might what will everybody learn from that? I'm sure the kid doing the cartwheel won't kick the other child to such a degree that they're going to you know, permanently injure them. Will they get a bump on the bruise? Probably. Might the worst get a bent nose? Yeah, possibly. I doubt it, 
But, you know, but what are they going to learn from the experience? When someone's doing a cartwheel, don't walk into them. If you're walking in a direction, look where you're going. If you're doing a cartwheel, don't just throw yourself around. You might hurt somebody. But if we just, if the system just removes all these opportunities from the kids to learn, to make these mistakes, to witness other people making these mistakes, it doesn't give them that opportunity to experience and grow. When they just turn into these kids that when you stand them up in lines in a martial arts class and ask them to do something, they freeze on the spot. They refuse to move for fear of going wrong. And it's, it's scary. Um, and you know, if, if you've had this experience out there in your school, if you've, if you've found ways of working around this or, um, or have concerned yourself, then please do get in touch. It's something that I would actually like to discuss with other people um, later on on another show. Um, but we're going to finish up there. Again, thank you for um, putting up with this slightly cobbled together episode, which, oddly enough, is probably going to end up as one of the longest ones. Funny how these things work. Um, more details coming up very soon about what we've coming up in the coming weeks. I have also this week, for those of you that have seen, I did mention on last week's episode that I'm going to be doing. Um, a, I won't. I don't. I won't say at all. But traveling around the country, do, giving kicking workshops um, with proceeds from each of the workshops going to uh, JC Dragons Harp Europe, which is Jackie Chan's um, Europe end of his charity um, so if you're interested in booking a workshop please do get in touch with me um, I've had two people contact me so far we're getting the details ironed out as we speak um, so I hope to be able to share with you how that goes in the very very near future but if you are interested get in touch I'm not going to charge you an absolute arm and leg I'm a nice guy like that if you, if you mention the podcast I might even give you another discount maybe depends really depends who you are but no, joking aside, please do get in touch. I always like to visit schools, get out there, chat with instructors, maybe even work something out to get you guys on. And of course, the other bonus, we get to support a really good cause, supporting UK charities and those abroad. Thanks again, guys. Have a great weekend, whatever it is you're doing. And I will hopefully all be well, unless I manage to get ill again. Speak to you all next week. Thanks, and See you later.